Last time on Draft the Universe, Chris got stuck in an airlock. Help, I'm in this airlock, please. <laughs> Jafar had sex with a candle. Ooh, this, it's, it's so hot. <laughs> Did it light the candle? <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> and Ben got abducted by the doctor. I... Hi. How's it going? Oh, quite good. Yes, yes, jolly good. Yeah. All right, let's go on an adventure. I've seen one episode of Doctor Who. <laughs> Theme song! <laughs> Hello, Internet, and welcome back to Draft the Universe. This is the Nerd Fight Battle Royal. This is the podcast where we pick a topic, pick our favorites, and then fight to the death, or maybe just for bragging rights. I'm Chris. I'm Ben. And I'm Jafar. And we're here today to talk about our favorite sci-fi episodes. Mm-hmm. My favorite episode of our podcast is the one where we all got trapped in each other's bodies. Freaky Friday style. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but with man. significantly less Lindsay Lohan, which... I'm kind of torn about. I would definitely be okay with some more Jamie Lee Curtis. Keith just yelled, are you burnt? And neither of you picked it up. <laughs> yeah, well, Keith is always yelling about something. Yeah. Mm. There's always some historical inaccuracy that needs to be pointed out. Cool. So, we have drafted our favorite sci-fi episodes. It was probably one of our more con- uh, contentious uh, episodes because... Like, we were really getting into each other's picks there. Despite the draft pool being as large as it was compared to, like, Bond, where we were working with a very limited pool. Here, we were very much of the same mind on a handful of picks. Not all of them. No. But most of them. So I watched some more Star Trek. Yeah. Yeah. I love it, guys. I'm I'm, I'm really in love with this show. I can't wait to watch more of it, just so long as... Everything that I watch is like this uh, last episode. Uh, do you happen to remember the name of the last episode? Yeah, Sabrosa. Yeah, Sabrosa. It's the episode that I that I drafted. Okay. Um, man, this Beverly Crusher is just a stone cold fox, um, mm. and I will tune in every week to, uh, to watch her have sex with uh, candles, ghosts in candles. Um, yeah, Jafar. Uh, does attribute Dr. Crusher to his thing for redheads. I do. <laughs> I do. There's a there's a really great moment in that episode where she's discussing what she thinks to be a dream with uh I think it's Ronan. No, we no okay. Ronan is the name of the dude, but she's discussing the dream with uh, Deanna Troy. Yes. And uh, she Deanna Troy's like, "Okay, time to look at these crew manifests, huh?" And <laughs> And Crusher's just like, I wonder if I'll dream again. <laughs> yeah, uh, I believe she. that is shortly after she says the worst line in possibly TV. After reading a particularly erotic uh, cha- uh, chapter of my grandmother's journal. 
<laughs> and you can see Gianna just be like, oh no, oh no. <laughs> what is this episode about again? <laughs> I thought they gave me the terrible episodes. <laughs> you guys, um, oh, you so should bad. have you should have known better, right? <laughs> if you had told me about this episode years ago, I would have watched so much Star Trek by now. I don't know how I feel about that, Chris. <laughs> it's awesome. What I do know how I feel about is this first round, which is Ben versus Jafar. Okay, so uh, Chris, reach into this antique candle holder and pull out a criteria. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it feels so strange. But good. They could only do that episode after Wesley left the show. <laughs> <laughs> For the first four who's, seasons, who's her, Wesley? Her son, who lives on the ship. <laughs> what happened to him? Why did he leave? He went to college, oh. space college. Yeah, and then he quit. Okay. Space dropout. Yep. Ben, lock it in. All right, I will go with uh, Balance of Terror, the original series, Star Trek. All right. Well. Mm. I'll meet your intrigue and follow with some in the pale moonlight, Deep Space Nine. Let's have a oh. Star Trek off. All right. All right. Write a PSA based on something in your episode. Hi, I'm Benjamin Curley. You may know me from such things as Draft the Universe and that episode of BattleBots. I'm here to talk to you about... <laughs> <laughs> uh, for our and, listeners... And a clandestine ESPN halftime show. Yep. <laughs> for our listeners, short order chef. Look yep. it up. It's true. <laughs> you may be wondering, maybe I should blow myself up with a nuclear bomb. And I'm here to tell you, don't. Don't blow yourself up with a nuclear bomb. Let your crew be, you know, beam over to the Enterprise and... Live to fight another day and protect the Romulan Star Empire. Because when you blow yourself up with a nuclear bomb, you're losing not only everybody's hopes and dreams, but all the skills that their children and their grandchildren would have had. So please, don't blow yourself up with a nuclear bomb. The less you explode. So, I mean, in the Star Trek universe, though... I think there's some precedent for the fact that, like, whenever something like that happens, a movie comes along decades later where those kids actually survive and then a new universe is started around them, right? Not if they're dead. D different, d d different show. That you're thinking Neon Genesis Evangelion, I believe. We're talking Star Trek. No, I don't think it was Neon Genesis Evangelion. Um... I don't know what you're talking about. Well, the ending for that one's up for debate anyways. Yeah. Jafar. What price would you pay to save an entire quadrant of the galaxy? Hmm. It's a question you must ask yourself in these trying times. I'm here, Garrick, Simple Taylor, to provide you with that option in this public service announcement that's being sponsored by NBC. So, I need you to think, what is that price? We're talking billions upon billions of lives here. Would you say that the life of one Romulan senator, one criminal, 
and the self-respect of one Starfleet officer? Would you call that a bargain? I would. What's the... The, the star has to go across the screen. The more you kill Romulan senators! <laughs> <laughs> Through strategic sabotage. <laughs> when they're holding data crystals that implicate your enemies. It's a fake. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, I liked Jafar's star more. But I think Ben's point is more compelling. I think that, uh, really, you should not explode yourself with a nuclear bomb. Yeah, I mean, that's probably not going to work out well for you. Unless you're in Lost, and then you get to go to the past. Or was it the future? I don't... I well, th- both. Uh, because was, all this has happened before season, and will so. happen again. It was it was <laughs> the past, but also it might, it might not have been a nuclear bomb. It might have been like a massive EMP, which is kind of a new... It's a... Uh, uh, Lost. Maybe we don't rewatch Lost. No, I think we re- I think we, we rewatch Lost and make a podcast about it. Yeah. I mean, they really lost the thread. They <laughs> Lost in the bunker? Lost in the bunker! Lost in the bunker is a good... We, we need to do that. We just watch... Literally, guys, how many episodes of Lost? There's like hundreds. We can literally watch one episode, make a podcast about that episode go week to week, we would have all of our content for two years. Yeah. Maybe even three years. I'm going to get a lot of Lindelof puns out of that. (laughs) I'm okay with that. (laughs) We could be sponsored by Dharma Initiative macaroni and cheese or something. Like, it'd be great. They could start bringing us food in the bunker. Please, Dharma Initiative, start bringing us food in the bunker. We can drink a slusho for every episode. Hmm. Slash what? Yeah, that's a J.J. Abrams thing. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Jafar versus Chris is the next round. Okay, I'm reaching into this antique candle holder. Doesn't it make you feel so strange? It does, but good. Okay. All right, Jafar, what's your pick? Let's do Blink from Doctor Who. Um, I'm gonna get this out of the way. Um, and uh, start off with Jurassic Bark. Oh, Futurama. Why are you trying to make Ben cry? Just talking about it's going to make Ben cry. It's been a lot easier since my son was born. (laughs) (laughs) Crying or not crying at Jurassic Park? Crying. I've I've cried a lot more since my son was born. Okay. And a lot more since he became the ringleader of a gang of uh, villainous man spiders. I don't appreciate the implication that gang brings. I don't appreciate the implication that villainous brings. They are ambiguous at best. What's our criteria, Ben? Poetry Corner. Write a haiku about your episode. <laughs> okay. Uh, how did the girl from Ipanema become just... Because I picked it. Well, no, but it is quintessential. Like, when you think of Muzak, you think girl from Ipanema. And I just... I don't know why. 
Okay, so it's is it four? It's five seven five. Five seven five. We're gonna edit it in, Ben. You don't have to sing it. Ben. And that's the So Jafar, read us your haiku. The Weeping Angels. Future you helps past me help. Oh, timey wimey. And Chris, <clears throat> off to deliver. Pizza, or the distant future. Just wait right here, boy. How much do we get to play before we get sued? This takes a lot long. Hold on. <laughs> there we go. I don't know how terrible this audio quality is going to come over. But I'm going to guess real bad. <laughs> it's kind of a multimedia experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you need the visuals there. I was expecting you to play the I'll Wait For You song that closes out that episode, but the sad puppy song also works. <laughs> uh, but I think you, you, you went from manipulative to too manipulative, Chris, so I'm giving it to Jafar. <laughs> Ha. Ah, that's what you get for weaponizing dog sadness, Chris. <laughs> it's not meant to be weaponized. Tell that to Futurama. They, they went back and I fixed did. it. <laughs> I can still go back and fix it. That is the one thing that annoys me so much about Doctor Who, is they're always in such a hurry, but they have a time machine. It's They, they make an attempt to explain that away at some point. Well, it's, it's like most of the time, the adventure happens when they are outside of the TARDIS. And occasionally, they get back to the TARDIS and, and everything is okay. Is okay. <laughs> but most of the time, it's like, oh, oh, but the TARDIS is no longer functioning. Or, oh, but the TARDIS it's, has been moved. It's taken away. Yeah. It's, it, it left. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a woman now and we don't know how to deal with this. That episode was written by Neil Gaiman. Huh. All right, next is Chris versus Ben. Ooh. Let me go ahead and reach into this ugh, candle box. It's melty. 
Which one Wait. of you lit this candle? No. Chris, lock it in. Uh, gotta, I gotta, I gotta go f where my heart is. Um, so, uh, Ronan, here I come. I'm choosing Sub Rosa. Okay. Well, ben? if you're going where your heart is, I'm going where my stomach is, and I'm taking two serve man. Which I don't believe I, I told everybody what that episode is about during the previous episode. It's aliens come sol solve all of Earth pro Earth's problems, and they have a book that is about how to serve man. And then as they are bringing everybody back to their, their planet to uh, live lives of leisure, the anthropologist uh, guy who is deciphering the book realizes it's a cookbook on how to serve man. Yep. So big surprise, you picked an episode that is literally a pun. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm interested to hear how this one goes. How does the cast of your show defeat time-traveling grandpa? Okay. Hmm. Time-traveling grandpa travels, travels through time, but he gets eaten by aliens. What? Oh. <laughs> oh, I guess that's ben, Ben's answer. <laughs> well, well, you get to go first, so. So I don't actually have to answer this question. Uh, okay. Um, because time traveling grandpa was already there. He was? You might have missed him. Um, but he was well aware of, of the candle and what it had been doing to <laughs> generations of crusher women. Um, and he came right out and said it to Beverly. As uh, she took over um, her grandmother's estate. <laughs> um, ben, how did he say it? Dinner light or candle! Don't go in the house! <laughs> and do you know how Beverly defeats him? She tells him to get out of the house, and then she has sex with a candle. <laughs> ben! Well, I think time traveling grandpa is is in for a, a difficult go of it because the enemy in uh, to serve man are uh, the Canimates, who are all played by the same actor. Yeah, Richard Keel. Huh. Oh, An entire planet of Jaws. <laughs> I don't think I don't think for all of his wiles, time traveling grandpa would would understand. Hey, if some people got to get eat. So I don't have to fight a planet full of jaws. I'll just, I'll just, I'll just let this one play out. Time traveling grandpa is really starting to sound like uh, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> he travels through time, but he don't he care don't, about that. He don't care about people getting eaten by jaws. Um. Well, I'm gonna give the point to Chris because he actually followed the criteria where time traveling grandpa was. No, neither of you defeated time traveling no, grandpa. <laughs> I guess Beverly threw him out, and then later the ghost kills him. But <laughs> oh yeah, I guess the ghost does kill him. Good enough for me. Chris gets the point. <laughs> Thank you. I knew that Sub Rosa would win me my match. <laughs> it I, is the greatest I episode didn't. of Star Trek ever oh, made. Well, well, hold your horses there. All right. Wait till you ben. see Threshold. <laughs> Wait till you see Masks. Oh, Masks. And I will take Lee Harvey Oswald, Quantum Leap. Okay, and I will take Out of Gas, Firefly. 
All right. We are uh, breezing through this episode, aren't we? Yeah. Okay. How well does your episode's cast handle the events or plot of your opponent's episode? So this is going to take a tiny bit of setup, I think. Um, so just to start off, um, Jafer, you were first, right? Yep. Yeah. Jafer, your, who, who are your cast or your crew? Okay, so I've got Dr. Sam Beckett, Beckett I believe, mm-hmm. okay. um, who's the guy who leaps into other people's bodies. Sure. Um, he's accompanied by Hologram Al, who's actually a real person and a Cylon, but um, can only be seen as a hologram there. He's in the future, right? Yeah, he's in 1999 in the far future. Okay. Um, in New Mexico. Okay. Um, and then we've got Ziggy, which is their supercomputer that helps them solve problems. Cool. Um, Wait, wh- what was... What was what was the name of the other person who replaced Al in one episode? Uh, oh. This was a thing, right? Didn't we go over this in a previous episode of this podcast? It's a possibility. We've we've done a number of episodes, Chris. I'm, I'm not going to claim encyclopedic knowledge of our podcast. Maybe they talked about this on a better episode of a better podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Entirely Maybe. possible. There are many better episodes of better podcasts. <laughs> okay. Um, I also get, um, Al gets to interrogate whoever Sam leaps into because they're stuck in Sam's body. So I get someone from Ben's cast, Mm -hmm. um, in my cast as well due to the nature of the show. Um, that's, and then I guess everyone else who's involved in the situation because they go to that place. Yeah. So that's my episode. Well, Chris is still figuring out the character that I'm not entirely sure exists. Ben, do you want to describe yours? Um, so I will have. So it would be the cast of Firefly trying to stop the JFK assassination and finding out they can't. <laughs> uh, yes. Which well, yeah. But what's what's your episode about? What do what do my quantum leap characters have to solve? So the episode uh, starts with uh, the engine on the uh, Serenity exploding. Okay. Uh, it's bedtime. Yeah. The part they, they need is is gone. And so they send... They're in the middle of nowhere because they want to fly under the radar. They send half of the, the crew into each of the shuttles and they take off hoping to find somebody. While uh, Malcolm Reynolds, the captain... Uh, stays on the main ship and keeps transfer transmitting out a, a distress signal and eventually when it seems like he was out of air and about to freeze they run across the salvage ship and the the salvage ship guy comes aboard and tries to shoot him and steal the ship and so now he's able to chase the salvage guys away but is shot on a ship that doesn't work and slowly bleeding to death while having memories of uh, how he got his crew together in the first place. Okay. So, uh, in this case, uh, Sam will jump into the captain of the salvage ship and stop him from shooting Mal and just save the day. Because that's 
basically what happens in every Quantum Leap episode anyways. Except it's Lee Harvey Oswald. He has to shoot him. Well, no, no. You have to deal with Lee Harvey Oswald. I'm just... <laughs> in in the, the context of the episode you described, he can't not shoot somebody. Yeah, it's like the one time it happens in all of Quantum Leap. I, I know, suppose. so we're, we're, we're keeping it. Well, he does not shoot someone like three times that he <laughs> okay. was going to. So he only shoots him once. Just yeah. like in the episode. <laughs> so nothing, I can't change anything, Ben? Well, you're the one who, I don't know. It's Quantum Leap. <laughs> he changes things. Okay. Firefly saved. There we go. <laughs> so, okay. Um, if you get the crew of Serenity running around Dallas trying to stop the JFK assassination, that would be a really interesting episode uh, <laughs> because it would be such a complete dispart- departure from everything Firefly is about. But I think they end up because of... Uh, so there's there's uh, River who is psychic and... Uh, very weird and dangerous, but uh, is able to figure out, you know, they're chasing Lee Harvey Oswald through the city, and eventually she's like, I sense him, he's here, and uh, they can tell that he's in the book depository, and so uh, Mal and Zoe and Jane burst in just as he's about to shoot JFK, and they shoot him just as he gets a shot off, and they don't kill JFK, but they wound JFK. And that way, Simon can come in and be an awesome future doctor and be like, oh my god, you guys are using such primitive techniques. Here, pop, bullet out, saved. <laughs> and, well, you know, you cut between break uh, Act 5 and Act 6 and JFK is shot, he's not dead. And they're able to save him. And then, I'm guessing, whatever silliness brought them to 1960 takes them back home. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sure, <laughs> and you get, but it is it is fun. You get to see uh, our heroes kick in a door and just gun down uh, Lee Harvey Oswald <laughs> because they're good guys, but they're not that good guys. They're not going to arrest this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea of the cast of of uh, of Firefly running around Dallas in the nineteen sixties. <laughs> it's just. I can imagine just, like, how out of place they're going to be. I like that one better. They're telling Wash, like, why can't you drive this car? And he's like, I don't know. (laughs) I fly spaceships. I can't drive a car. (laughs) I feel like, should I ever get to make my gritty reboot of Firefly, that would be the episode description for the second episode. (laughs) That never airs. Oh. By the way, it was Gucci. 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 Gushi? <laughs> yeah, there's a character Quantum Leap named Gushi. Is there a picture? Because there was another dude in the Quantum Leap facility that was... Yep. Yep, that guy. His name is Gushi. <laughs> they didn't say his name. He was in 30 seconds of television in two episodes. They discounted him. <laughs> Sorry, Gushi. My B. He's his Dr. Irving Gushman. <laughs> they call him Gucci. They call him Gucci. No wonder he quit. <laughs> like, the guy whose job or project this is disappeared in time. I'm out. <laughs> you guys were assholes yeah. to begin with. He actually does show up in Lee Harvey Oswald part two. <laughs> yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah. I saw him. <clears throat> All right. Next match is Chris versus Jaffer. All right. Lock it in, gentlemen. Ooh, this is a tough one. It's round five. What's that? Can you guys hear that? 
No, no, Chris, there's no, there's nothing. No, no, no. You're it's not a, a robot, you're, you're, Chris. You're just listening to the no, soundtrack no, no, no. we put together for our no. uh, cover songs album. No, or, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. A, I'm not a robot. But it does sound an awful lot like a robot playing a piano. Ah. Oh. Uh, I'm going with the bicameral mind, Westworld. Okay. And I will go with uh, tapestry. All right. And your criteria is ruin your episode with one change. <laughs> I know how I would do it for both of these, <laughs> but I'm excited to see how you guys do it. <laughs> oh, God. I, I'm... Oh, I'm really jealous I can't just ruin your guys' episodes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, there's so many places to take aim. <laughs> oh. All right, Chris, ruin that episode. Oh, man. So, so many awesome things happen in this episode, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, and Ben, I'm almost tempted to, like, avoid a bunch of these spoilers. It's okay. I, I've never gotten super worked up about spoilers to me it's about the journey we find out that the man in black is william definitively or that might have happened in the in the previous episode um yeah and who yeah. is william the man in black yeah but who you find you said you find out he's william i'm 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 trying to help out people who have never seen an episode of westworld <laughs> it's I don't. If, if you've never seen an episode of Westworld, then forget everything I've said because I, it won't. It, me explaining it doesn't do it enough justice to warrant spoiling it. Um, okay, so at the end of the episode by Camel Mind, what you have essentially is like <clears throat> uh, the unveiling of Doctor Ford's newest storyline, mm-hmm. Journey into Night. Right, um, and Journey into Night is a. Uh, He's kind of like touting it as like a huge departure from all of his previous stories. Um, And the big spoiler is that Journey into Night is like him basically taking the reins off all of the robots and letting them uh, just like straight up murder all of the humans in the park, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, And it all goes down after. So he's giving this speech, right? And he... um, Basically, um, oh, what's her name? What's the name of the character that Rachel Evan, uh, that Rachel Evan, Evan Wood, Re- Rachel yep. Evan, Evan Lee. I always get that. Mixed Rachel up. Evan Wood. Uh, it is oh, fuck, what's Dolores. Dolores. <clears throat> so at the end of this speech, Dolores walks up from, from behind him and shoots him. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's this big dramatic moment and all hell breaks loose. And I think that if you wanted to ruin that episode, I think that Dr. Ford gets up from the floor after he's been shot and he's got like wires poking out of his head and they're sparking. Um, and so, yeah. So basically big, big, like makes no sense reveal that Dr. Ford is a robot. Okay. Jafer, if you can ruin tapestries. Okay. So is it just 42 minutes of them playing Dom Jot? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way to do it. Um, so I was originally going to go with um, recast Q as Gilbert Godfrey, <laughs> um, especially due to the nuanced um, language and him waking up in bed with Picard would really just 
drive the nail in the coffin of this guy. Jean-Luc, you're back in time. <laughs> but looking up what Gilbert Gottfried had been doing recently led me to a rabbit hole where I found a website where you can hire celebrities to cameo on things like your podcast. Yep. And Gilbert Gottfried's rate is $120 an hour, which mm-hmm. is incredibly affordable, you guys. <laughs> he, he plays, um, he cockroach, plays clown. cockroach Clown on the Matt Hello from the Magical Tavern. Yeah. So, um, instead of that, because um, I want to just save Gilbert Gottfried cameoing on our podcast <laughs> for later now, <laughs> um, I'm going to say, oh, Picard just bangs that 17-year-old, and it's just as disgusting as you think it is. Oh, okay. It yeah. is. It is terrible. So you, you ruin your episode by showing what is implied. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yep. Don't have to do much. Oh boy. Uh, so my ideas on how to ruin your guys' episodes. Uh, one is uh, Teddy, who is yeah. John Marsden, yeah. gets shot in the face, and they're not able to repair him, and they have to put a visor on him. Uh, and then it just becomes the X-Men. Uh, <laughs> uh, and, uh, Jafar, I think the best way to, to, uh, ruin tapestries is the whole adventure happens. And then, uh, John, uh, Picard is just like, I have understand. I've learned my lesson. Like I'm ready to go back. And Q's like, no, you don't go back. This was just my last gift for you before I let your soul slip to the great beyond. Oh no. And. John Luke's just dead. <laughs> and it zooms out and it is the the sick sick bay and he's flatlining and the show just goes on without Picard. And that is the, that is the way of like saying, "Hey, you made all the right choices. Good on you, JL Pipes." Guys, for $65, we can get David Hayter to do the introduction of this podcast. <laughs> yup. <laughs> I know what I'm getting you all for Christmas this year. <laughs> okay. Polly Shore's 150 bucks. Norm Macdonald? Man, I'm going to spend some time on this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, so, the way to uh, to ruin it is, one, another gigantic, crazy, maniacal twist coming out of Westworld. Well, the, also, the, all, whole, yeah. the whole point is that robots in, Re- in Westworld don't have wires and spark like that. Yeah, that's yeah. true. <laughs> also, it would have been really cool if uh, Yule Brenner just showed up. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh or Jafar would be showing penetrative sex on <laughs> Next Generation. <laughs> I think that one ruins a lot more TV. <laughs> I didn't, in my, in my defense, I didn't know that I could show penetrative sex. It's HBO. You can show whatever you want. <laughs> well, you can show almost anything. Guys, Gary Busey's on here. His rate is $325. How much is Jake Busey? Jake I'm, I'm Busey guessing, not on here. Oh, I'm guessing that Gary Busey doesn't work from a script. He just gives you whatever <laughs> he thinks is necessary. Dave Foley's on here, too. This, this website is, like, my new obsession. Sorry. That can't be true. That has to be, like, a per-minute rate. Um, it's for... Um, they just record a short video. It's not per hour. Okay. But you can give them a uh, little instructions thing on what to do. Oh, Wow. Oh, Some man. sometimes I'm reminded I don't want to be famous because then you have to deal with the end of being famous and just 
how expensive life can be for somebody who used to make a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, if I can make Dave Foley's life easier by saying you're listening to Draft the Universe. I mean, I do love Dave Foley. He's great. News Radio is criminally underrated. All right. The last match before the finals is Ben versus Chris. All right. This is going to be tough. I've got... All I've got left are the two uh, shows that both Chris and I picked. Yeah. Um, yeah. And this is a good chance of crossover here. I'm going to go with 33 from Battlestar Galactica. And I'm going to go with... Do you hear that? Uh, I, I'm, I, I swear to God, I can he kind of hear it now, right? Um, it's just the furnace. No, no, it's it's it sounds like um, everybody get your stuff together. Okay, three, two, one, let's jam. I'm going with Piro Le Fou. Or in Japanese, the much better title, Requiem for a Clown. I saw a really funny thing on Twitter the other day that was, the best insult is, who is this clown? Because A, it implies that the person you're talking about is a clown, and B, not even one of the well-known clowns. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I need you both to add a guest star to your episode. <laughs> Who is it, and what do they do? <laughs> and I can look up their rates, apparently. <laughs> nice. <clears throat> All right. So I'm going to go with uh, Lauren Green. Uh, Lauren Green played the original uh, uh, Commander Adama in uh, the original Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. And unfortunately, he had passed by the time the, the show aired. But it would have been really cool to have just some kind of flashback to uh, Edward James Almost talking to his dad, played by Lauren Green. Nice. And have, have layers of Adama. And you're going to use the technology they used to bring back Grand Moff Tarkin. No, no, I'm, in, in, my, in my version, he just hadn't died yet. Okay. He's just an old man who's hanging out with a, le a slightly old Edward James Almost, and then uh, maybe uh, the two sons before uh, the one dies. And like, hey, we're seeing, you know, levels of Adama and like the, the history of this, this great spacefaring commanding family. Okay. And I he can it. be like, you're going to be great. Like, I ran this old Battlestar, and you can handle it, and I know you'll be <laughs> I know you'll be the best. I dig it. Just yeah. so that we don't get um, attacked for not knowing our facts, though, I will point out that the Adamas are a lawyer family, not a spacefaring family. As borne out by the series Cap Caprica. Yeah. yeah. Oh. His dad is a lawyer. Um, and they go over it a couple times but like I said, well, but this would have been before Caprica, so we are retconning all of that. <laughs> okay, gotcha. I'm okay with that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Chris. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so I mentioned, uh, I think I mentioned it on the draft episode that um, <clears throat> the episode Perot La Fou is kind of a homage um, slash inspired by uh, Batman the Animated Series. The Bruce Timm. Uh, yeah, Bruce Tim uh, verse, um, and it is pretty obvious when you look at it, uh, just in the way that it's kind of shot. Like the very first fight that Spike has with uh, Piro um, is very like all you have to do is just change the location from the street front to like the rooftop, right? Yeah, 
and it, it's basically Batman the animated series. Um, and in addition, the character Perot LeFou is kind of inspired by the Joker in terms of his mannerisms. He's got these this wide, toothy grin, mm-hmm. this madcap laugh. And I think that the best way to improve this episode with a cameo is to have Mark Hamill voice him. Okay, so you're recasting, you're not adding Mark Hamill? I'm not adding Mark Hamill. I'm thinking of it as Mark Hamill, Mark Hamill would be cameoing as Pyro. Oh, yeah, so you're recasting. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's recasting, but, like... To add a, a celebrity cameo. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, like, in terms of the whole series of Cowboy Bebop, Pyro is not a major role, so he is a cameo. Yeah, well, I mean, it's yeah. cameo is not defined by the uh, by the uh, criteria here. I'm just making yeah. sure we're on the same page. Okay. He would have done a good job with it, but he he's would've... Mark Hamill. He's he's like the best voice actor, and that could be the one thing you could do to improve the dub of Cowboy Bebop, possibly. <laughs> um, yeah, it's. It's, it's great. It's really rare that an anime gets its dub spot on. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I like the recasting a lot, Chris. It's a solid choice. Um, and I think it does improve the episode a great deal. But I think Ben's has more meaning to me overall. Okay. Um, so what you're saying is that you hate Batman. I'm saying that I think Batman the Animated Series is overrated. <gasps> I um we can fight about it later we literally we literally dedicate about an hour a week to fighting about nerd shit so just we can also just talk about this during our Batman draft yeah that will happen at some point let's let's pencil in a couple of hours (laughs) (laughs) damn it it's by no means bad but I know I've gone back and watched some of it, and it's definitely it's definitely a kids show. Yeah, but it is just the best kids show. Yeah. All right, uh, that puts Ben at three points, me at two, and Chris at one. So the finals is Ben and I. All right. Before we go into that, we did get another uh, viewer email. Oh yeah. Uh, so this is from Lis- listener or uh, yeah listener mail. Uh, so this is from Lorianne. Oh, okay. Oh, so she, yeah, viewer, she's been here. She's seen it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so she sent in her henchman list, uh, and I think it's a pretty good list. Uh, Iago from Aladdin, All not right. from Othello. Which yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, hi- the hyenas from Lion King. Okay. Uh, uh, Fezic before he turned good from the Princess Bride. So <laughs> you want a peanut? Uh, <laughs> uh, Grover Dill from the Christmas Story. Okay. Which would never have considered looking to the Christmas story. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, Flotsam and Jetsam from The Little Mermaid. Okay. Lots uh, of Disney with, on there. With honorable mention, Jeff Sessions. <laughs> <laughs> Legit. Legit. So uh, keep up the good work, guys. Lorianne. Well, thank you, Lorianne, for your uh, viewer mail. Appreciate it. Listener mail. And if you want to hear uh, us read your email... Just send it in. We don't get a ton of them. We <laughs> guarantee you at this point, we will read it. <laughs> guarantee you. You can say some really fucked up <laughs> shit, man. We'll, we'll put it on our podcast. Chris, maybe we... Maybe don't... Maybe don't promise that. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll, we will censor it, perhaps. Um, 
Maybe we'll, maybe we'll cherry pick a little bit. Um, but you want a podium? We got you. <laughs> I don't. I don't agree with that. <laughs> Listen, if you whatever you want to put your recorded voice out there saying, Chris, okay, you can read those ones, dude. It doesn't matter. In like five years, you were the one worried about getting doxxed. So. In five years, there's going to be a program where you can take um, probably what ends up being equivalent to like seventy episodes of podcast of somebody's voice, input that, and then basically get a recording of them saying whatever the fuck you want to say. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Kevin McAllister could do it, right? I had a talk, boy. All right, gentlemen. All right, Ben. Okay. Um, I'll finish out my list, and I'll take Roswell that ends well, Futurama. Okay. And I will... I'll follow suit and take the constant. All right. Chris... Do not reach into that candle. Well, actually, reach into that candle because we need the criteria. Yeah, we need the criteria, so you got to reach into that candle. No, I don't want to. Well, sorry. It, it feels weird when you guys are telling me to because it's a very sexy experience. <laughs> so if you don't mind, I would appreciate it if you would just kind of like close your eyes for a second so I can reach in. the other way. Okay. Mm. Uh. All right, <clears throat> gentlemen. Uh. Anybody have a cigarette? No. No. Which episode is the best to show a first-time viewer? Okay. So, Roswell That Ends Well is just a fun encapsulation of what Futurama is. It is science fiction and smart in a way that makes fun of science fiction. And you get quickly introduced to the the major characters because uh, Fry is uh, popping popcorn in a metal, you know, the aluminum thing that stovetop popcorn in the microwave mm -hmm. and he thinks he has outsmarted it by peeling off the do not put in microwave uh, sticker <laughs> and that causes uh, everybody to get sent back in time uh, you get uh, Leela saying, oh, don't worry, I can I can stop the... I can make us not crash right before they immediately crash. You get Bender <laughs> eschewing uh, uh, seat belts just before he gets catapulted out of the front of the spaceship. You get everyone leaving all the real work to Dr. Zoidberg. <laughs> it's, it's great. Uh, it is funny. It is clever in that it is twisting a sci-fi premise and, uh, you know... Uh, a conspiracy theory that is so ingratiated in all of modern sci-fi and doing the Futurama twist to it. So it's at least a comfortable basis that everybody knows. And then you get to see all these wacky characters in, you know, going through 1947. And uh, <laughs> it's just so funny when they just decide, screw everything. We're just shooting our way out of here. Uh, we've got, you know, half an hour before we need to go back to the future. And we're not worried about connect or saving the time stream anymore because Fry's apparently his own grandpa and we blew up his regular grandpa. And you know what? Screw it. We're out of here. Which is just, it is something you don't see much in sci-fi. The uh, screw it. We're getting out of here. <laughs> And it was fun and refreshing to see. Like one of the last episodes of Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> <laughs> Just cavil on the bridge. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
so in the constant, um, you have a better jumping on point than probably most episodes in the middle of Lost. Uh, because of a couple of reasons. Um, one, it is very character-focused. Um, Lost has a handful of episodes like this where we really only see a couple of the main cast characters. It's basically the format. Yeah. 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 Um, you see, I mean, this is a Desmond episode. Um, we get him and Faraday have a bunch of interaction. Mm-hmm. Penny is auxiliary to it, even, for most of it, only appearing in one real scene except for on a phone call. Um, we have Penny's father is in it for like 30 seconds. Jack and Kate are in it for like 30 seconds. Um, no Sawyer, no Locke. So a lot of the big players are out of it. Saeed is in it for maybe a couple of minutes. And then most of the characters we meet are auxiliary and new to the show. They land on the tanker for the first time. So we're meeting a bunch of characters for the first time. And part of Desmond's condition is that his mind in the future is in 1996 Desmond. Mm -hmm. So he doesn't know anyone. So people are having to explain who they are and what's going on. Um, And same with Faraday. And it's also one of the moments where Lost really started to uh, lift the veil a little bit about what was going on in the world. And so it's a good place to be all like, hey, here's this. If you can dig this, you'll probably like this show. And there's some characters that look like they're important and they feel like they're important, but you don't know why they're important, but they're only on screen for 30 seconds and they just are there to ask a question to move things forward for something else. You don't really have to worry about it. Mm-hmm. Hmm. <clears throat> I think that I'm going to give this one um, to Jaffer. The reason for this is that while on the face of it, the constant would be perhaps like the episode that would make the least sense to watch before going back and watching the first episode because none of the characters are really there. Yeah. Um, you're just like, oh, Desmond. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, he doesn't show up till he doesn't show up. season two. Well, he shows up in a, a flashback. Um of uh, Jack's in season one. Yeah. Oh, when, cool. When Jack is running stairs in the stadium, he shows up. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, then they show that scene from a different perspective in, in the episode. I love lost. Um, regardless, I think that Ben, you make a great argument, but basically any episode of Futurama is great enough to serve as an entry point to Futurama. So it's kind of not your fault, but I, I think that if you're going to, if you can get down with the constant, you will like Lost. If you like um, literally any episode of Futurama, you're probably going to like it. And I just think that yours is less specific. So, so it goes to Jaffer. <sighs> All right. All right. Well, Ben, you get to pick that next topic now. I do. Uh, which means, uh, remember, I'm not locked in here with you. You're locked in here with me. And whatever I decide to make that episode be... Um, I think I'm going to do something a little little fun and different. Okay. I'm going to say childhood games. Childhood games? Hide and Seek, Red Rover. <laughs> okay. We're going childhood games. Okay. We're going childhood games. Are we excluding video games? I'm not excluding anything. Okay. You okay. can throw your Mario parties in there. You can throw your uh, 
NFL blitzes. You can say laser tag. NHL Stanley Cup. Mm. Big Hurt Baseball. Super Mario Kart. You can you can have flag football. More video games. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, sneaking into your neighbor's uh, house while they're not home. That's how my brother got arrested. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, printing off pornographic images from your friend's computers to save for later. Did not do that. Um, but that's, good on you, Chris. That's why you didn't have any porn when you were a kid, Ben. Yeah. You weren't I was a kid like me. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't like, in about ten years I might want this. <laughs> Are we putting an age? We'll talk about it next week. This week, I'm sure the kickstand band is really happy to be associated with us. <laughs> They're like, why, did, why, why do you talk to your cousin? <laughs> Thanks to them for our theme song, How It Feels. You can find their music on the kickstandband.bandcamp.com. Feel free to shoot us an email at drafttheuniverse@gmail.com. Uh, let us know some of your favorite uh, childhood games. What did you do when you were bored on a su- uh, hot uh, su- summer afternoon? Head over to Twitter at DraftTheVerse, Facebook.com slash DraftTheUniverse, hashtag DraftTheUniverse on either platform. And if you like our show, let your friends know. Yeah. I would really appreciate that. Yeah. So would I. See you next week, Internet. I found out why the person I was thinking would be a great uh, uh, guest star did not appear <laughs> on Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. Apparently Dirk Benedict, the guy who played Starbuck in the original uh, Battlestar Galactica, misogynistic asshole, who was like, how dare they recast my character as a woman? Oh. Uh, so, fuck that guy. Not picking him. <laughs> that's, that's a bummer. Oh.